Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. I'm your co-host, Jennifer. And I'm your co-host, Melody. Well, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about homeschooling on a budget. Um, but first, I'm really curious, what's been going on with you, Jen? Well, I just got back from a cruise. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. my nightmare. <laughs> really? Just the being on the yeah. ship part or being out in the middle of places and not being able to get to yeah. land when I want to feels uncomfortable for me. How was it I, for you? It, well, <laughs> I've been on one before. I don't mind that part of it, but because of the hurricane that was out in the Gulf. Oh my goodness. Our, the water was quite rough the entire trip, which was fine. We still had a great trip, but it took three days after being home before I stopped swaying. Like, oh wow. Really swaying the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> That's such an odd feeling, isn't it? It was strange. And I started to get worried. I read about it and I saw some people have it permanently. Like, I have a friend I that happened that. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a great feeling. But the cruise was wonderful. It was my son's 21st birthday and uh, we took him on a family trip on the cruise and got to go to some beautiful beaches. And it was just such a nice, nice little break. Loved it. The water is so beautiful out on a cruise. Oh, that nice. was just so nice. Mm -hmm. I'm so used to the, you know, the water at the beach at the Gulf. <laughs> it's kind of brown. And then you get out <laughs> on the ocean like, oh, yes. it is blue. My, my <laughs> teenage boys, my youngest ones had never been really out of the country before. So that was exciting. And they were shocked at the difference in the ocean there. They had no idea it was like that. So they loved every second of it. How about you, Melody? What have you been up to? Oh, I've just been enjoying. We finally have some fall weather here in Texas. And oh, so we have nice. just, isn't it nice? And we just sit outside a lot and enjoy the fall. And I'm still working on, I've geared up Christmas crafting because it, you know, it's coming. Like we're what, 10 <laughs> weeks away, I guess. Oh. And so that's, that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> And I went to go and see my mom and I've seen some family members and, you know, just some of those typical, I guess my thoughts are starting to turn toward the holidays. It's a fun time of the year and yeah. we're starting to make plans, you know, when are we going to get together for Thanksgiving? Because now that I have grown children and they have other demands on their time and other people mm -hmm. want to get together with them too, we have to actually schedule our... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun and sometimes we get together like extended family their in-laws and everybody anyway okay trying to get everything on the calendar and we haven't quite been able to do that yet but that's been fun and then I brought over some more boxes from my daughter who's so sweet to have let me park things in her garage temporarily and mm -hmm. so I am still unpacking things. so it's been like a year coming up on a year at the end of this year, right? That you got into your house, but it wasn't ready, right? Right. It wasn't ready. And yeah. so, you know, when, so one lesson, if you are planning to move, make sure your storage areas are ready for you to put things in because, you know, like you can't unpack things that are going to go in a closet if there's no shelves there yet. And <laughs> it's just been a process. And so actually I found some things that I've been looking for. I wasn't sure if they'd gotten purged or what had happened to them. I didn't pack them. Someone else did. It was kind of it's like Christmas. I open up that box and like, oh look, here's my serving dishes. I thought they were gone forever. Oh. So I mean, it would have been fine. They're just dishes. But it was nice to find some some things. I just, you know, it was a surprise. I didn't know what was in that box. How so fun. it is fun. Like I can find fun about anything. So <laughs> I'm yeah. having fun unpacking still. <laughs> so Holly, what have you been up to? 
Oh my goodness, so much. So I have a friend whose daughter and my son are really good friends. We plan a lot of things together. So we have a, a really full calendar for October. We're taking ASL classes at the library together and we're doing all these activities. We're going to go to a pumpkin patch on Friday. We're going to a Halloween movie. We're going to concerts. All this stuff is free or very cheap, which is in mm -hmm. my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, just because my life isn't busy enough, I've become a crazy cat lady. Uh, <laughs> oh, I saw your little kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've had these cats under my house. A mom cat had some kittens under my house and I've gotten them all tame. I can the mom cat was always friendly, but the kittens were very skittish. Uh, but I've gotten them tame. I can pet them anytime I want. And Soon, I'm going to bring the mom and the, the two juvenile kittens into my house. They're all going to get, you know, that operation so they don't reproduce. And they're going to be our mm -hmm. cats. But before that happened, somebody nearby, they had a cat that had a bunch of kittens that kept running into my yard. And one morning, they were under my car. And mm -hmm. so we were like, this is dangerous. So we mm -hmm. took the three kittens into the house. And we tried to return them, but the kittens followed us. So now we're trying to find homes for them. And then there are two other cats that come when I feed the cats, the original three. So right now I'm feeding oh, like wow. eight cats. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It I happens quickly. Be, I know. I don't want to be a crazy cat lady. And I did find some resources that will help me to pay for the cost of all these animals to get fixed. Oh, Thank goodness great. for organizations like Prevent a Litter and other places like that. So I'm, I'm a crazy cat lady temporarily. <laughs> So we actually have talked about homeschooling a budget before. Our longtime listeners might remember in episode 31, uh, when we were talking about pandemic homeschooling, it was low cost, no cost homeschooling. And, you know, homeschooling is still growing. I, I don't know about y'all, but on my Facebook groups, I'm still seeing people that are just now starting to homeschool. And you know that they weren't sitting here with like bukus of money for homeschooling. Right. They had to make that they decision on the on it. it was a surprise. Yeah, I've right. seen the same thing. Lots more families joining groups and saying, hey, I'm pulling my kids out and starting now. And you're right. Those are people who are really going to need some cheap ways to get started. Right. right. Well, especially right now, because this is a time of the year when we often have to stretch our budget because, again, yeah. holidays are coming. We're planning bigger meals. We're buying gifts and we're doing things. Mm -hmm. And so now they're adding homeschooling. And for so many different reasons, I've seen people just like school is not working out for their kiddo or they had some other big thing in their life, a big change or a move or something. And yeah, this was not their plan. So they didn't have funds set aside for curriculum. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, uh, you know, add to that, that every trip to the grocery store is more and more. Oh, my expensive. goodness. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I yeah. went to I went to the store. So I've had grocery delivery and uh, from Walmart. And then I went to the to another grocery store, physically shopped uh, this past week. And I was like, oh, wait, oh, that I got a little sticker shock there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and. And guess what? Down a bit, but it's it's gone back up a little bit. And so we all have to trim our budgets so we can pay for those things that we can't trim as easily. Um, and if you weren't planning to homeschool or even if you were planning to homeschool, I mean, I don't know very many people or I haven't known very many people in my homeschooling career that just had unlimited amounts of money to spend right. on homeschooling activities. Right. It, it can get expensive. Right. And there's uh, all kinds of life changes that can attribute to you needing to cut back on expenses. Homeschooling is an easy place to do that because 
there's so many resources that we'll be sharing later that, you know, you can utilize and cut back on that budget. And inexpensive homeschooling doesn't mean inadequate or substandard homeschooling at yes. in any way, shape or form. Personally, I like limits like that because I feel like it helps me to use my creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with that. I feel like I have found a lot of things that I wouldn't have found otherwise if I was just, you know, going out and buying things and not having to look for what I actually wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I would have missed a lot of really fun things we've done over the years. Well, it also helps us avoid making some permanent activity for something that's a short phase in your child's education. And it's like, we don't have to keep collecting stuff. We can do a lot with things that we already have around the house or books that you already have on hand. There are just a lot of ways that you can use almost everything for educational purposes. And like you said, it makes us feel a little bit more creative. It also models that for our kids. So it's a good I think it thing all the way around. Flexibility too, because like you're saying, like sometimes, and I've heard this from a lot of families, you'll buy like an expensive boxed curriculum for homeschooling. And then, you know, two months into it, find out it just isn't a great fit for you or your child or your current circumstances. And then people don't want to quit it because, you know, they invested all this money in it. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you're not investing all the money in it, it does give you a sense of more flexibility. So when something's not working, it's a lot easier to go, okay, I'm ditching this and moving on to something else. Yeah, that's a very good point. And plus, you know, the more children you have, the more likely it is that something that worked great for one kid isn't going to work as well for the next kid, which is how we we ended up. We started with a Becca. I had two kids um, that I was homeschooling when I began. And a Becca was a satisfactory curriculum for a while. And then my fourth child was a struggling reader. And the format of a Becca didn't work. And I ended up having to go to another curriculum, mm-hmm. um, which fortunately I found somebody was selling it really cheap. So um, if you're if you're a thrifty, frugal person like I am, um, there are always places to find the curriculum that you really want. Right. More inexpensively. I have a policy like I don't like to pay retail for anything. I, li- I like to live life below retail. <laughs> um, but the, the likelihood is, is that if you spend a lot of money on something, it's not going to fill the needs of everybody and you're going to have to replace right. it. It's, it's better to think about, you know, if you're pretty sure you're going to homeschool for the long term to kind of think about that, you know, like how many mm-hmm. curriculums do I have it in me <laughs> to buy? Right. And definitely try to start off with the least expensive options mm-hmm. um, before investing in big expensive kits and sets and things like that. Yeah. Because homeschooling can be extremely expensive too. And I think people, when you're just starting out, tend to look at, you know, what's recommended by everybody. And some of that is very expensive. I know that we as homeschoolers always feel like we have to give our kids this really great education because mm-hmm. we're comparing ourselves to public school or private school. And so um, what I see in a lot of homeschoolers, especially the first couple of years when they really don't have their educational philosophy and they're just trying to make sure they're not going to mess up their kids, which, mm-hmm. hey, bullet point, you're not going to mess up your kids in one or two <laughs> years. So deep breath. Um, but what they tend to do is they, they do all the stuff. So their kids are yes. in soccer. Like I was talking to somebody who said, oh, yeah, we do soccer this day and we do this sport this day. And I just stood there like, wow. First of all, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money and time yeah. commitment. You know, and if your kid loves soccer, by all means, if that's a good fit. But if you're doing all these things because you think that's what a good education is and you are running, you know, from morning till night and you're spending all your dollars, that's really right. not 
going to be able to be sustained no, in the long term for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Super stressful. My son's doing soccer. Some dad who was a soccer coach for like 20 years has offered to teach the kids soccer for free. That's awesome. Wow. That is every, so cool. Every Monday we show up and he's got these, you know, soccer goals and he's got balls. The kids bring balls and he gives them an hour and he's awesome, you know, and, and that fits my budget. And while my son is yeah. um, learning soccer, I get my exercise by walking so that it's a it's a benefit for him and me. A lot of times, yeah. What we find out is like we do things for the kids, which is great. We want to give them all those opportunities, but then the parents are suffering and they have less money. So there there are ways to meet everybody's needs and and not spend all your money on it. Um, one thing we want to point out is that there is going to be some kind of expense. Like sometimes you're spending your time instead of your money. Like there's a trade-off sometimes where some things that aren't going to cost you much in the way of actual dollars and cents might take a little bit of time to do a little research or find those right. things. Like there are, it's not like you can just run down the road without any planning at all and get everything that you need. So um, if you're willing to spend a little time, yeah, spend a little time instead of a little bit of money. And um, that can go a long way. And one of the benefits, I we kind of mentioned that, though, is like if you're not uh, spending so much money on something and you don't have a a plan, I sometimes you're a little bit more uh, free to focus on learning instead of finishing this curriculum that I bought. Like there's mm-hmm. always that mm-hmm. pressure that people feel to get to the end of the book and do every single page because I bought this thing. But if you're right. focused on, okay, have we mastered? Um, can we write a good sentence? And you know how to do the capital letters and you, you understand good grammar, like you are free to just move along following what the child has mastered and then move on because any curriculum we find is going to have enough pages in there so that everyone can get to that mastery point, ideally or hopefully. And if your child is catching on quick and you need to move on, for some reason, those pages that you skip over really bother some people. (laughs) They didn't bother me, but they do bother people. And then also you have kids who feel like they need to do every single Mm -hmm. thing. (laughs) Sometimes like, no, just tear those out, but they don't like that either. Just the other side of if I'm not using something that's already planned out, I'm going to have to do a little bit of planning to figure out what should they or what ideally is the next thing to learn. So that's where some lists and things like that, or what's typical for this age, or what's the next kind of thing you do for language, or I usually buy a math curriculum because that is a sequential sort of thing that you learn. But for everything else, we were pretty freewheeling about the order that we studied topics in. And um, I know we're going to get to resources in a little bit, but just just something to keep in mind. If you're not locked into a curriculum, you have a little bit more freedom to be flexible. Mm-hmm. That's true. Let's talk for a few minutes about how you plan a budget for homeschooling. Have either of you, like, did you sit down and say, our budget for materials this year is X? And then you you purchased, or what, what did y'all do? I, in the very beginning of our homeschool journey, I did that because I I feel like I made a mistake that a lot of new homeschoolers make. And I thought I needed to buy all of this curriculum, you know, so I budgeted, I found out, you know, figured out everything I needed to buy that I thought I needed to buy and, and figured out how much it was going to cost. And I, of course, it was all brand new to me. So I wanted all brand new stuff. So I wasn't looking for the cheapest things. <laughs> um, and I, and I did set aside and budget for that, but that was 
just my first year. And after that, I never did that again, uh, mostly because we went a different route and did more unschooling. And so it's always been kind of me finding the resources we need at the time we need them. And it's a lot of flexibility. So I generally look for free things as much as possible since then. So I haven't really had to budget for materials. It's good. We yeah, just that's... always, when the, when the school sales go on and you can get, you know, spirals for a dime or, well, I don't know, maybe they're a quarter now, but we would get a pet. You could buy like a 10 pack or whatever. We would just buy one and we always had crayons and supplies and things like that. We already had all of those things. Right. So we didn't really buy a lot of new things. We did have a coffee can where we would throw our change and we saved up because I wanted to get a unit study curriculum to save me from having to write things on my own. And that was really the only thing we budgeted for. But then after that, like you, it's like, okay, now I know what I want, what I need. I checked out books from the library and then would try out curriculum or just look at things and kind of do it ourselves. But um, our budget was pretty informal. As a family with kids, you have most of those supplies already. Yes. And you don't have to buy a whole new package of map right. colors just because, you know, every year you just keep using the other ones. And then my kids often got those kind of art supplies for gifts because they just mm -hmm. love using those things. Um, aside from like loss of paper, my mother would save extra office paper back in the day when computer paper was on those big, you know, accordion fold, long, <laughs> continuous sheets. And there was always extra. And we just we found lots of ways to accumulate free supplies so that we didn't have to worry about using too many of something. Yeah, it's it's good to be um, frugal and it's good to consider how much money can you set aside and then yeah. find stuff that fits into that budget. Instead of the other way around where you're like, I'm going to spend this much money and then you feel like you have to spend it. We never had a big budget either. And I always bought at used curriculum sales. Mm -hmm. uh, my first inclination is always, okay, this is the retail price for it. How can I find it at a better price? And <laughs> a lot of times, you know, I find homeschool curriculum at thrift stores. So that's a place yeah. too, but we'll talk about that in resources. So the thing to keep in mind is um, when you decide that you're going to start homeschooling, whether you've had some time to plan for it or it just comes upon you suddenly is that there are ways to get what you need on a budget and you know don't let yourself feel pressured to spend a certain amount of money because your kids are going to get a good education no matter what. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor and when we return we'll share our favorite resources for homeschooling on a budget. Longtime listeners of our podcast know all about Transcript Maker, the online service that allows you to create professional high school transcripts from the comfort of your own home. And it's really one of the best tools a homeschooling mom or dad can have. Autumn is here and the year is winding down, but for parents, it's only getting busier. Between holiday plans and keeping up with schooling, every little thing that can save you time is well worth it. Transcript Maker really is a time saver. It's easy to use. You can access your transcript anytime and anywhere, and it calculates your GPA for you. If you have any trouble, there is a helpline to solve whatever your issue, quick as they can. Transcript Maker is also a money saver. Happy Homeschooler podcast listeners can save 20% with our coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Transcript Maker is a time saver. It's a money saver. It's a worry saver. It really is. So go to www.transcriptmaker.com today and save 20% off your subscription with code HAPPY, H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Transcript Maker, simply better transcripts.
Welcome back to the podcast. In the first half, we discussed setting a budget for homeschooling, and now we're going to share our favorite resources for homeschooling on a budget. Uh, Jennifer, I'm curious, since you said you don't really have a budget because you're an unschooler, mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite resources? When unschooling, I kind of, you know, follow my kids' lead on what they're interested in. So I always kind of have to be prepared for them to just pop up with something new they're interested in learning about, right? So my very favorite free resource is Google. <laughs> I use it excessively, excessively. Um, but Really, any topic I've ever wanted to help my kids cover or anything they want to look into more, that's the very first place I go. You know, there are lesson plans out there for everything. They've already been created. You don't need to create your own. People have them. They're floating all over the Internet. And the way that I always look for them is put in whatever I'm looking for. Like uh, last year, we did roller coaster physics with some of their friends. So I will put in to the search roller coaster physics PDF. And when I put that in, lesson plan PDFs, free ones pop up in every level, every topic, you know, related to that, that I'm looking for. And then I just print them off and use them. And I have done that for years with every subject. That's the very first place I go. And by putting in PDF, it gives you stuff that's already printable and already Mm -hmm. accessibly free. And usually those lesson plans are great. They'll have supply lists. They'll tell you how to do all the steps. They'll tell you what ages it's appropriate for, you know, so that's a great resource and my, my favorite one. And especially for our unschooling situation because of the flexibility of it. I never would have thought of putting PDF as part of the search. So I feel like you've just opened up a whole world for me. (laughs) Great. That's a really valuable tip. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing for almost any classes that I'm teaching and for the same Mm -hmm. reason, because it just narrows the search results to things that are ready to go. And then, you know, sometimes I can't resist tweaking a little bit of this or that, or make it fit us better, but you, then Mm -hmm. you have all those options and then, Sometimes I'll search on Pinterest because I want want something yes. I want want to see what something looks like, or I'll put it in there. You know, solar system for kids or for mm-hmm. students is mm-hmm. another way. But adding PDF is a really smart way to to get something you can print up and use. Yeah, it's been great. I'll, sometimes I'll you know find four different lesson plans for the same topic, print them all out, you know, compare them, pick out the pieces I want. But it's all free, and mm-hmm. let somebody else do the work, and saving me a lot of time too. People are really generous. Yes. One of the things we found early on was Ruth Beachick's book, You Can Teach Your Child Successfully, because she has a lot of lists in there of you know like checkpoints, kind of by grade level, but also like an overview of history things to study. And I just found that book really, really helpful for jumpstarting some ideas. And then as far as lesson plans, like, well, since we're kind of still talking about that, there were, there are a couple of places I have dipped into quite frequently, uh, homeschoolshare.com and one, two, three, homeschool for me are two that I've used recently because I was looking for something already prepared for my class that I could print and go. Of course, I didn't print and go because like Jen said, I found a little bit of this and a little bit of that because I was tailoring it to the resources we were using. But it's really nice to have something that just gives you the bullet points for what you're covering. And then you can take cues from your kids and and go off on a rabbit trail or they can go more deeply into a subject or off topic a little bit. You just never know until you start looking into something what else there is to know. Those are a few of my favorite things. Um, How about you, Holly? Do you have a favorite free resource? 
kind of free. So when I was early into homeschooling, maybe after we left at Becca and we were doing unit studies and I hadn't yet arrived at the Charlotte Mason station, I read the book, The Well-Trained Mind from my library. You know, library Uh materials are basically free unless you don't return them on time. (laughs) <laughs> and then you have to yeah. make your you have to make your donation <laughs> for keeping it too long. And if you wait a while, sometimes they forgive them. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Our library for, forgives it with canned goods in November, I think. Um, so anyway, I had read The Well-Trained Mind, and that book is a really great overview of um, all the years that you would be homeschooling, and what kind of topics and principles you'd want to use it. It doesn't necessarily recommend curriculum and you can Mm -hmm. make it as tight or as loose as you want. But I found it just a really eye opening and thought provoking book. So a lot of the times when I um, as I've been homeschooling, I really relied heavily upon my library. Mm -hmm. Um, They have math books. They have foreign language. They have art and history. I mean, if you have a library card, everything you could pretty much homeschool just from the library. I agree because it's not just the books and resources available, but they also have activities and clubs and story times and people who come and do talks at the library. Yeah, our library has French classes and Spanish classes. And then Mm -hmm. the library in the next town, that's where we're taking the ASL classes. The library in the next town over has a 3D printer. Now, that's only for, I think, 16 and older. But they have maker workshops and they have, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So my go-to place for homeschooling at really no cost at all is the library. Plus, what I love about the library is they have the best printers and it's really <laughs> affordable to print yes. things there. So if I want <laughs> a beautiful color, you know, art print, I will print at the library um, yeah. and I can print it from home. So how nice is that? Plus then That's you have awesome. the online library materials. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so the library is, is my big favorite. I'm glad for... you mentioned about going to the other city because I would say, so I live out in a small town. We're about an hour away from Austin. Um, and we have our own library system here and it's fine. But we often go into Austin to go to the Central Library because it's an amazing facility and they have so much to offer there. So I'd suggest if you do live in an area where there's a larger city near you, you should check out their library system too sometimes because they, they'll have more programming and, and it might be worth a drive once in a while. And a lot of um, places you can, uh, you'd have to pay, but you can get a library card for that library. Now, where Mm -hmm. I live, um, this county, if you live in this county, you can get a library card to any library in the county. So I have my choice of five different libraries, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Another um, great for homeschoolers to use the library is for the space if you're holding like uh, classes or get-togethers because they have uh, free meeting spaces as well and free space to announce things. So if you want to get together a group, they usually have bulletin boards you can use and things like that. Yes, and, and they true. also have computers. You know, if you're really cutting down your budget, you can go to the library and use their computers. For a while, we didn't have internet at home. Mm-hmm. And I would take my kids and they could get on the computer and I would say, like, just make a list of stuff you want to do. And we'd stay there for a couple hours. And, you know, we did that, see, too. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, I think that. most people have the library. Another tip I want to share. 
about uh, low-cost, no-cost homeschooling is that there are programs that can get the Internet to your house very cheaply or free. Um, so if you are in a situation where perhaps you faced a job loss and your budget is really restricted, there are programs, I think they're called Lifeline programs. They are available to you and you can get some help with getting internet to your house. That's amazing. I didn't know about that. There was a whole big thing about it at the beginning of the school year. I think, you know, during COVID, they realized when kids were trying to do school online that a lot of kids didn't have internet access. Mm -hmm. And there um, there were some programs put into place to help make sure that students could have Internet at home. That's really good. Because, I mean, really, everything's on the Internet now. So if you don't have it, you're really at a disadvantage. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, it's a must for homeschooling, I think. Yeah, well, it kind of surprises me how long we homeschooled without it. But, <laughs> but you can. But you need to be able to. I don't know if you can anymore. So we talked about some free resources um, and that the library, I mean, has just about everything you could want. What are mm -hmm. some of your favorite lower cost resources, things that you've spent money on and you've been like, yeah, that was a good spend? Well, over the years, we've done co-ops with our friends and those have been such a huge, huge part of our homeschooling life for all of my kids. And the co-ops we've belonged to, we don't pay membership fees. It's just groups of families that get together and help teach each other classes. So the only cost involved in are our supply fees for the classes that we do. And we've done that probably for eight years. So all of my kids at some point have been through some type of co-op classes with friends. And I, it has been such a wonderful way to learn with groups of people and to utilize other people's, you know, abilities to teach other things and, and, and for the kids to learn from other teachers. And it's cost us barely anything. There are so many benefits to getting together with a group, whether it's a co-op and depending on where we live, sometimes there wasn't necessarily something like that available. So we would start one or find mm -hmm. some local friends. We did Keepers of the Faith. But I think that over all the years we've homeschooled, all of my kids have been at some part of the time involved in some kind of outside co-op or community mm -hmm. group or something. And, and even things like scouts. I mean, we just right. found ways to tap into, or 4-H, ways to learn from other people, mm -hmm. which can be so helpful. You know, when you think about what you spend money for on homeschooling, people immediately think of curriculum. Right. Um, but there are a lot of other expenses for homeschooling um, that you can do cheaply or um, mm -hmm. or free. Like I said earlier, you know, there's uh, a lot of parents are offering free activities like yes. the homeschool soccer that we're participating in. Or there are sports organizations mm -hmm. that the cost is a little bit lower and then your kids get instruction in a sport. Those things, you can find those resources and save a little bit of money. We do uh, parkour, which um, my son really enjoys. It, it involves learning how to use your body with yeah, things that's a that are great around. Sport. Yeah, and I've noticed him parkouring all over the place. So <laughs> if we go to... Uh, yeah, we go to park days now and he, he jumps over, he vaults over something. I'm not so worried anymore because he knows how to do his body more safely. Um, I think we spend $60 a month on it. And that's something that kind of crept up on me. So this is the other thing I was going to mention about when you're budgeting for your homeschooling is that sometimes you sign up for something. You're like, oh, yeah, it's only this much money. 
right. this for a week. But then I started really thinking like, well, oh, wait, wait a minute. That's adding up. I have to recalculate. Yeah, I can only do one of those things. And right, so, yeah. right. And that's well, okay. What I, yeah, what I'm doing is that the more kids that go to that activity, the lower the price is. So yeah. there's a price for the the class, and then it gets divided by the, all the participants in the class. Uh-huh, so you get a so, group together. Yeah, I've become, yeah. <laughs> I've become the parkour lady. I post to all the <laughs> local groups and tell them when it's coming and encourage them to bring their kids out. Um, so that, you know, the guy will keep coming to our yeah. area, which is yeah. kind of out in the boonies, and I can get a better deal. <laughs> so yeah. right. that's another thing is, you know, <laughs> if you get people to group together in all any kind of ways, you can save money. So sometimes you can save money mm-hmm. by everybody purchasing curriculum at one time. You buy uh, like all these components together and you get a better deal. Traveling has been a huge part of our homeschooling. And we really, I have a large family, so we had to do it on a really tight budget. And we've been able to do that through camping. We tent camp. And I know for a lot of people that's outside of their comfort zone, but the amount of money you can save doing that allows you to travel to so many more places. And then if you combine tent camping with utilizing your state and national parks and all of the you know educational aspects that they offer, they have history tours and lectures and demonstrations and all kinds of things to expose your kids to. It's a great way to get out and see the world on a really tight budget. Well, and once you have all your supplies, you just can keep on using them. Yeah, so, absolutely. Because I think you can camp for free, right, at the national there parks? Are not, no, the national parks do have fees, but they're pretty low. I mean, they're usually between 15 to $20 a night, and that's, you know, for like eight Hardly people, anything for a family. So, mm-hmm. Right, right. So it's allowed us camp, to go to a lot of places. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can camp free on Bureau of Land Management yes. lands, but mm-hmm. be aware that they don't have facilities. Right. So there are no rough showers or potties. It's really rustic. Uh, but, you know, you can develop a lot of cool skills by learning how to to do rustic camping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just you know, being outdoors in general is a lot of our time is spent outdoors. And that's almost always free or very low cost. Well, one of the things that I like to do, and I, I talked about it earlier, is I like to look on eBay I like to look on Amazon. I like to look on all the homeschool lists for who's getting rid of stuff I want inexpensively. Mm -hmm. And that's how I get most all of the things that I use for school. We use very little curriculum because what we're reading mainly are books with our Charlotte Mason reading list. Mm -hmm. But I do use uh, Matthew C. for our math and I use Easy Grammar. Mm -hmm. I use Easy Grammar and we use the handwriting program. And I got my whole Matthew C. curriculum for $10, I think, this nice. year. I was so giddy when I realized, because I thought <laughs> I'd only purchased one thing because of the description. But when they sent it to me, it was all the stuff I needed. I got my um, Easy Grammar teacher book for like a dollar. And Ow. I got the student book for $5 at a used curriculum sale that I hosted I just hosted it because I was like, hey, <laughs> there's no use curriculum sale. Um, and it turned out to benefit me. Somebody was selling exactly what I needed. And once you get connected to the homeschooling community, people share or borrow or trade. And uh, like my daughters, they don't all study the same unit of study at one time. And they'll pass it along and pass mm-hmm. it around amongst themselves. And then all they need to buy is new student workbooks yeah. if they want them. And so that's another really good way to trade. Homeschool uh, groups often have curriculum swaps set up, too, where you can Mm -hmm. kind of bring what you don't want and look and see what they have and find great stuff that way. 
Oh, yeah. And it's not limited to curriculum. A lot of times it's clothes. Yes. I love the clothes. Toys. Oh, my gosh. Toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when we back in the dark ages of homeschooling when, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was the stay at home parent and my husband was working to, you know, fulfill the school lunch program. Uh, we swapped everything. All the moms swapped recipes. Oh, mm-hmm. do you have a good recipe for this so you can <laughs> save money on your groceries? And that's yeah. the other thing I was going to say is that, you know, if you can't find something at the best deal, you know, eBay or Amazon or whatever, and you have to absolutely have to buy something at full price. There are ways to afford it where, you know, you make some more inexpensive meals. So you cut back your grocery Uh budget a little bit, or, you know, maybe you do a little babysitting or take on some kind of a small temporary way to earn some money or go through your house and sell the stuff that you're no longer using so that you can right. get that money together. It, it's kind of fun, I think, to, you know, beat the system. I always feel like I'm beating <laughs> the system if I can get something at a very low or, or free cost. Another way to get some great curriculum is to utilize free online courses. They have them really for every age level, like the easy peasy all in one homeschool. That's I think all the way from kindergarten through high school now. And I think it's, so. it's a full curriculum and it's completely free. There's a lot of free college courses online that can be utilized for upper level high school classes. edX is one of them. And then, you know, YouTube and Khan Academy. And uh, we use one called School Yourself for our math lessons uh, here, uh, watching TED Talks, things like that. All free online, lots of great educational resources that you can utilize instead of purchasing a curriculum. Very good points. And I do love um, Khan Academy. I've recommended Mm -hmm. it to even public school families. Yeah. Uh, my neighbor one time, she called me and said, hey, my uh, my daughter needs help with her math. And I have no idea, but I know you do math all the time because <laughs> you, you're teaching your kids. And I went over and helped her daughter. And I said, hey, you know, you you might think uh, take a look at Khan Academy. And she said, what is that? And I was like, I guess that's a homeschool <laughs> no, piece of yeah, information. Yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Khan Academy is awesome. Um, very comprehensive. And then again, we've talked about these before, but like the uh, the Crash Course series, um, which they have series for younger kids and older kids and the Great Courses Plus, and they've changed their name to Wondrium, which doesn't stick in my mind, but like some of their courses are free and some of them are by subscription. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, my kids, especially in high school, used a lot of free online curriculum and they would find it themselves often too because I wasn't giving them money and they wanted to go learn something mm-hmm. and, and they were just <laughs> well, and there, there are also some low-cost things online too that are absolutely worth it it's mm-hmm. just a matter of searching out what you're looking for and seeing what you right. what you can find and it's so nice because we have so many things available for everybody now mm-hmm. if you have the internet and if you don't you have a library so I was like there are all kinds of ways that you can really do an excellent job of a a well-rounded education for your children. Mm -hmm. Here at the end of our podcast, we sometimes answer a big question. And today we're answering a question we've gotten ourselves. Jen, what's our question today? Well, today's big question is, what is it like being a podcaster? So guys, what's it like? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, it's kind of funny. Podcasting is relatively new for all of us. So I don't, I don't often think of myself as a podcaster, but I have started introducing myself that way. (laughs) I Um, guess we should. Yeah. So recently I was at a 
a homeschooling event at a trampoline park that I had set up. They were having homeschool day. And, um, you know, the moms and I were just chatting and I said, oh, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. I co-host. I'm one of the co-hosts of the Happy Homeschooler podcast. And then one of them looked at me and said, oh, that's you? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, you know, uh, me and my friends. Yeah. And she said, oh, yeah, I've been listening. That's I love it. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. What about y'all? Have you run into people that are listeners? Recently, I have had three different people in the last month that I know, like friends of mine who homeschool in our same group, just casually in conversation mentioned something like, yeah, I was listening to that episode, you know, the one about the teenagers or the one, you know, they'll just, I was listening to your podcast the other day and I, it, freaks me out every time this is weird it's a weird conversation to me I'm I know these people in person you know and I feel like I've talked to them all about various homeschooling topics over the years so it's so odd to me for that they're listening to me in another another venue yeah it can be weird but I always think of it as being really efficient because I yeah I guess so you know I've always helped other homeschoolers And it takes a lot more time to help like five different homeschoolers on five different days than it does to hang out with y'all and record an episode for a ton of people to listen to. Well, I think that's a great motivation for us doing this, too, because we've talked about how we get asked the same questions over and over and over and over. So it's really kind of cool to see that. People are starting to pick up on that idea of like, hey, we can go here and get this information. Right. Yeah. Well, and I like hearing your ideas because, you know, we we three don't do everything right. exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten some good ideas from talking to y'all and it's been it's been fun. And I know I think I told you all about one of my students, moms coming up as having the realization that I was the melody <laughs> that you've been listening to. And then, like you said, it's like, oh, my goodness, what did I say? (laughs) It's so funny. I never think about it like that. (laughs) But I think it's because I always wanted a career in the media and not that this is like, you know, we're not the nightly news or CNN (laughs) or anything. But um, I always wanted to be in an information type of a business and mm-hmm. I and I enjoy writing you know I write um, articles mm-hmm. yeah sometimes for the transcript maker blog and I've, I've written for other uh, other online content and I've written for print publications and this to me is just an extension of what I always wanted to do right that makes and so sense. I really I really find it rewarding and I'm really excited that our listenership is growing and we can help more and more people yeah, I love that too. I'm still just not used to it. Well, you you <laughs> are still well, it just a little comes bit from out of the blue. Than, yeah, because you just you've been doing this since January, and yeah, yeah, I started doing it in September Couple years, of 2019, and Melody yeah. mm-hmm. joined in January of 2020. So we've each got a little bit different mileage. <laughs> Before we go, we want to leave you with a few reminders. If you haven't registered for the November 5th SAT, the late registration deadline is October 25th, so make sure to get on that quick. Remember to go to www.transcriptmaker.com and save 20% off your subscription with our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Happy Homeschool Pod. You can reach us via email at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. Our next episode topic will be managing extracurriculars. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Holly. I'm Jennifer. 
I'm Melody. Happy homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Zerbach. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-hosts are Melody Gillum and Jennifer Jones. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, tell people about us. Perfect. I had a guy from Spectrum come to the house recently and he was like, hey, did you know uh, for your address being here, you could get the Internet for like uh, 17 cents a month? And I'm like, if it's Spectrum, I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) 